Good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today on the 19th of June, the first Sunday after Trinity. The recording comes live from Drung Church last week where we were looking at Revelation chapter 5 where the Apostle John heard the great words, Weep no more, behold the Lion of Judah. And we saw what was the end of weeping for John and the hope that that can give us today as well. So I'll hand over to that service now and join you again later for the announcements. Good morning. Very warm welcome to Drunk Church this morning on this Trinity Sunday. A great day to gather together uh, and a great passage we're looking at today that helps us uh, worship Jesus as God. Uh, and we're going to begin by joining in uh, the song around the throne. We were seeing in Revelation 4 a few weeks ago, the, the throne room, how God is in control of all things. And today we're carrying on and seeing what happens next in that vision. And this song encourages us to join in the cheerful song, number 332. Let's remain standing to sing together. Please do be seated and I'm sorry if you arrived during that hymn and even if you didn't arrive during that hymn I totally forgot to say we were singing the last song first so uh, if you were muddled as to where we were I'm sorry that's my fault uh, we were singing the last song first and we're going to sing the first song last um, and hopefully that'll become clear as as we go on we are going to have our first reading first and that's uh, inside the service sheet or in the bibles it's revelation chapter 5 and verses 1 to 14 on page 1030 in the Church Bibles. Welcome to those online as well. Good to have you with us. And uh, children, I'd like you to listen out for, in this reading, how many times you hear the word scroll. Do you know what a scroll is? Anyone know what a scroll is? What is it? 
A roly-up book, that's a brilliant way of explaining it. A roly-up book. It's an old-fashioned book, that's how they used to write. And these big, big scrolls. So for the Bible, you'd have had 66 scrolls. That would have been all the books of the Bible. And uh, so a scroll is a book, and I'd like you to count and tell me how many times you hear the word scroll in this reading. Revelation 5, verses 1 to 14. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the hand, the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp with golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might for ever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, how many times did you hear the word scroll in that reading? How many was it? Eight times you heard the word scroll. Uh, so it's an important word. That's how the Bible writers told us something was important. They kept repeating it. They didn't have bold or underlined, so they repeated it. And uh, we're told about this scroll that no one could open. And so it was a source of weeping until someone was found. But because Jesus is worthy, and you see what we're told in verse 8, uh, verse 9, sorry, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God. And that means we can be totally forgiven 
And that's a great encouragement for us to come and say sorry to God, knowing that he's a forgiving God. He's a God who ransoms his people. He's paid the price and he's delighted to forgive. So let's come confidently and sorrowfully to Almighty God in the words of the confession on page one of the service card. Together we pray. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Well, again, those words from Revelation 5. You were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. And so I can pray with confidence, Almighty God who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please would you stand to join in the responses at the bottom of page two. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. We're going to praise his name in our all-age song, Jesus when you died, and the third verse reminds us of how Jesus' death ransomed people for God. Jesus, when you died, all our sin was paid for. Now we're free to live the life that we were made for. Let's uh, remain standing. Dorothy would come and help us to sing. Thank you. God, they thought it was over. Jesus went. 
Please be seated as we turn to prayer. And we're going to begin with the Lord's Prayer that you can see on the service card on page 3. So together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. Lord God, our, our Father, this week we were so sad to hear of the car accident at near Belturbet. And we pray you'd be with the family of uh, Luke Byrne, be with his mother and father and his sister Grace as they try to process all that has happened. Please be near to them in the days and weeks and months and years ahead as they try to rebuild their lives, walking with a limp, with something that's changed them forever. Please be with all his friends at the, the local GAA club where he seemed to play such an important part and where he'll be deeply missed. We pray that they would look to you to be their source of comfort. We pray for the, the, the poor lady who was driving the car and for the man driving the lorry. And we ask that you'd help them to recover physically from their injuries and then to process all that's happened. Please be near to them as well. We pray that your grace would be sufficient for each person grieving this loss and that you would give them hope and peace for the future. We also pray for safety on the roads. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our young people. Thank you for all those who were confirmed last week. And we pray for those who are in the midst of exams at the moment, that you'd give them peace and the ability to concentrate and to perform well. We pray that each one would know that they're made in your image and dearly loved and that that would give them uh, confidence whatever the results they get, that they're dearly loved by you and precious. Pray for those who've finished already that they would enjoy their summer holiday and that you would keep them safe. And please would you keep them thinking about you this summer and remembering for those confirmed the promises they made. Lord, in your mercy. We continue to pray for the country of Ukraine. And Lord, as the fighting continues and further loss of life continues, we pray you'd be merciful and intervene. We pray you'd drive Putin out of that country and give victory to Ukraine. Please guide the world leaders and may they be united in their condemnation of Putin. And may you guide them in how to best stand against him. We pray for those who've lost loved ones, 
that you'd be near to them. For those who've lost homes and livelihoods, that you would provide for them. For those who've had to leave the country, we pray that they would settle in their new host countries and ask that they may be able to return soon, that you'd make it possible. And we pray in this troubling time, many would turn to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for others and more locally who we know who are unwell or who've asked for our prayers. We pray for Jackie Crow and ask that you'd be near to him. We pray for Leon Briardy and thank you that his treatment has gone well and we pray that would continue to be a success. We pray for Anne, that you'd be near to her and bring her healing. We pray also for Olive Simmons, that she would know you close to her day by day. For Lucy Roberts, that her treatment would continue to be effective. For David Riley, for Maria Turnin, and in a moment of quiet, any others we know who are suffering in any way at the moment. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the, the great healer, and we pray you'd bring healing to those who are sick in body or mind. Please bless the medicines and the means that are being used, and please give these people hope in you and grow them in their faith in you. Lord, in your mercy. We also remember uh, those grieving at the moment, not only those grieving the loss of Luke Byrne, but also uh, the, the, the family and friends of Tom Donohoe and any others we know who are grieving or facing anniversaries in the, the week ahead. We thank you, God, that you're the God of all comfort and that you're near to the brokenhearted. Please would you bring peace and comfort to those grieving and work for their good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect the special prayer for this Trinity Sunday. Almighty and everlasting God, you've given us, your servants, grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of the divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith that we may evermore be defended from all adversities. For you live and reign one God forever and ever. Amen. We close our prayers by joining together in the second collect on page five of the service card. Together we pray. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, we give you thanks for bringing us safely to this day. Keep us from falling into sin or running into danger, and in all things guide us to know and do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is our second reading. It's not on the sheet, but it's in the Church Bibles, page 575, Isaiah chapter 11. Great, Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 10. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. The Spirit and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor 
and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and he will kill, and he will, and he with the breath of his lips shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall, live down, shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse who shall stand as a signal for the peoples. Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, let's stand and affirm our faith in, in our God, who is a trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you can see the words of the creed in the service card on page three. Let's stand. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please do be seated, and if you've got Revelation 5 open in front of you, uh, that will be a help to you and to, to me. Let's, let's pray as we look at this great passage together. We thank you, Heavenly Father, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit that you are a trinity and we pray today that your Holy Spirit would help us to see the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and to be those who are comforted by his word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. What if there was no end to suffering, to disability, to depression, to cancer? What if the bullies got away with it? What if there was no end to war? What if Putin never faced justice? What if evil was never punished? And there was no end to the suffering in this world. I couldn't cope with that, could you? We need a hope of a better future. If there is no bright future, how do you cope with today, with tomorrow? If bad people get away with being bad, if there's no end to the pain and the suffering and the sickness in the world, that would be a reason to cry and to weep. If there was no hope of life beyond the grave, of this world being renewed, that would be a reason for tears to flow. 
if there was an all-powerful God, but he was against us rather than for us, that would be terrible. No wonder the Apostle John, when he thinks that there might be these sorts of things, there might be no end to suffering, that God might be against us. No wonder he cries. Do you see verse 4? And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. What is John getting so upset about here? It's not just that he likes reading and he's really upset because he can't open this book, he can't get his hands on this, on this book. No, this scroll, this book, is God's plan. Um, you can pick up more of this theme in Daniel chapter 12. This is God's plan for the future. This is God's rescue plan for his people. And if this scroll cannot be opened, there will be no end to pain, no end to suffering and sickness, ultimately no hope. No one will be able to ever know God's favour. The light will not overpower the darkness. And it seems, tragically, there's no one worthy to open the scroll. Now, of course, we know that there is someone found later, but just allow the enormity of that to to weigh on you for a moment. If there was no one that could do this, that's what John sees, verse 3. He sees there's no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. No wonder John weeps. Imagine no end to suffering, no end to war, no end to price increases, no hope. Wouldn't that make you weep? John is devastated at the thought, is there no hope? But then over the sobs, another voice is heard and it says, weep no more, verse 5. Weep no more. Why? Why should I stop crying? Well, because... Someone has conquered. Someone has conquered. Someone is worthy. Someone has won the battle. The battle with evil and suffering and sickness and even death. Who is it who has won the battle? Verse 5 tells us the lion of the tribe of Judah. What do you know about lions? They're a fierce and powerful beast, aren't they? They weigh 30 stone. They can run at 80 kilometers per hour. Their roar can be heard eight kilometers away. They are powerful. And John is told not to weep anymore because of a lion, someone powerful from the tribe of Judah. Who who is the tribe of Judah? Do you remember? Remember the 12 tribes of Israel? There was a man called Jacob, and he became Israel, and he had 12 sons. And I think it was the fourth son was Judah. And when Jacob was an old man, he was blessing all his children. It was a bit like sort of, the, the last will and testament, the, the, the land being divided out. And he, he said, and it, they were prophetic words, words from God. He said to Judah, he said, you're a lion's cub. You're a lion's cub. And from you will come a king, a ruler. A king who will rule forever, who will bring blessing and destroy God's enemies. Can you imagine if you were Judah at that point as Jacob laid his hand on you and told you that? I mean, that would be something, wouldn't it? How would you have felt hearing those great words from you? Kings would come. There, there'd have been high expectations for your children, wouldn't there? I don't know what sort of expectations uh, you have for, for your children if you have children. Uh, I'm sure Judah loved his boys, but I don't think they ever lived up to this high expectation of being kings forever. 
It turned out that when God was saying this, he wasn't in a hurry. But a thousand years later, into that line of Judah, into that real man Judah, came another real man, David. And he looked like a lion. He was a powerful king. He brought God's blessing to his people and destroyed many of their enemies. But it turned out he was just the root of one who would come another thousand years later. Trees are fairly amazing, aren't they? I know you've cut down quite a few. Um, and we've got one at the rectory that was cut down a number of years ago. And what happens when it's cut down often is a shoot comes up, doesn't it? Or lots of shoots and you might want to trim them so you just get one or two uh, coming up rather than a, a bush. But from the root comes a shoot. At our Christmas carol services, we often hear the words that we had in our second reading from the prophet Isaiah. He spoke about a shoot coming from the root, the stump of Jesse. And Jesse was David's father. And this shoot would bring justice and destroy God's enemies. He would shepherd those who belonged to him and he would bring about God's new creation. Jesse's son David was a shoot from Jesse. He was a great king. But he was the root of an even greater king. A king so great that he is worthy to enact God's final rescue plan. He will destroy evil and bring great blessing to God's people. And so John is told, weep no more. High expectations for this one who's going to come and bring great blessing. What will John see as he turns around to look? It's a bit like uh, the Cavern for Manor game last week. Thomas Gallagher was Cavern's mighty player once again and he helped to defeat for Manor and bring blessing to Cavern. But look at the surprise. When, when John is told to look at the Lion of Judah, this powerful one, this mighty king, he turns around and he sees, and he sees another animal. What does he see? Do you see it in verse 6? He sees a lamb. And not just any old lamb, a, a dead lamb almost. It's a lamb that's been slain. It looks so weak. It looks so weak. Imagine you're at the Cavern game again and Cavern are losing and then you hear over the loudspeaker, Thomas Gallagher is, is coming on and you think it's, it's going to be okay now. But then to your surprise, instead of this mighty powerful player, on limps a little boy, Thomas Gallagher Jr. He looks so small and so weak. And that's a little bit like what's happening here. John has heard about a lion from the tribe of Judah and he turns around and he sees a lamb that's been slain. It looks so weak, it's been put to death. How weak. But it's standing. It's a lamb standing as though it had been slain, it had been slain and it's standing. He's come back from the dead, he has conquered. And he's powerful. Remember that number seven. We've seen it a number of times in Revelation. It means total, uh, perfection. And a horn is a sign of power. Think about your cattle's horns. They're a sign of their power. Uh, the, the seven horns that this lamb has, it's not just a funny breed of lamb. This is all picture language. And it's telling us that this person is all-powerful. He looks so weak, but he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lamb with seven horns, that means he's all-powerful, and seven eyes, that means he's all-seeing. 
he sees everything. Who is this mighty lion who is also a lamb who was slain? Well, here is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the lion of Judah, the root of David. His family tree goes back to both of them. You can trace it at the beginning of Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel and see it goes all the way back to both David and to Judah. He is the one who is worthy to open the scroll, to put God's final plan into effect, to destroy evil and bless his people. No wonder John is told to weep no more. There is someone who is worthy. Sometimes we can fool ourselves into thinking we don't need God. We can fix things ourselves. Do you remember when when COVID struck the first time? There there was a bit of a panic. That's probably an understatement. Uh, And maybe at that point, a few people turned to God. And maybe a few more people prayed at that point. But then we got the vaccine and God was forgotten. Did we forget? Did people forget that God was the one who graciously gave the scientists the ability to produce the vaccine? That God was the one that kept their hearts beating as they did their hard work? That God was the one who enabled them to breathe? And did we forget once we had the vaccine to be loving and to share it with the poorer countries? Well then life returned to to normal for a bit and then Russia invaded Ukraine. Can the scientists fix this one? Or does the problem go a bit deeper? Hasn't Putin shown us the problem is the problem of the human heart? A heart that puts itself first, a heart that is greedy. Who can fix this? Can we sort out the problem ourselves? Can we fix the world's problems and give hope? Well, what does verse 3 tell us? It tells us no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll. No one was able to bring in God's rescue plan. No one except the powerful lion of Judah, the lamb who was slain. He's conquered. Weep no more, John is told, because of the powerful lion of Judah. When we think of power, normally it's something that makes people more distant, isn't it? So I was in permanent TSB this week and uh, the poor man at the, the counter or the, the sort of walk-in place who meets you as you walk in, he was facing some abuse from someone that was unhappy about the, the banking system. Uh, and, and the thing was, he was the one that had to face that. The, the man asked to see the manager, but of course the manager was in a meeting behind a closed door. They were safe. They were far, far away because they were powerful. They didn't need to face the man on the street. There was someone in between. Or maybe when we see power and think of power, we think of abuse of power. Those who use their power to crush others, like Putin. Again, he's distant, isn't he? But look at the devastation he's causing. But when we see Jesus, neither of those things could be further from the truth because he uses his power to draw near to his people and serve us. Just think about when he was walking on this earth. He was accessible to people, to the poor and the needy. He healed the sick. He drew near to serve his people. You see, he's not only the lion, he's not only powerful, he's the lamb who was slain. And this is God's way. Power 
in weakness. Jesus on the cross looked so weak. Isaiah tells us he was like a lamb led to the slaughter. And yet, this is how he conquered. And so he can walk confidently up to to God sitting on the throne. He can walk up to him and take this scroll from God's hand. And no one dares to try and stop him. Not one of the four living creatures around the throne, not one of the 24 elders on their thrones try to stop him. Instead, they sing a great song, a great song for Trinity Sunday, expressing the the worth and the divinity and the majesty of Jesus, worshipping Jesus as God. And you notice what they're they're celebrating. It's a a strange thing to celebrate normally. In verse 9, they're celebrating his death. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. Death is normally so tragic, as we saw with the car accident this week. But Jesus' death is celebrated in heaven. He's praised because of his death. Why? Well, because of what his death achieved. His death means an end to weeping for God's people. At the moment, we see brokenness and pain. Evil seems to triumph so often. There's suffering all around us. Up to 100 Ukrainian soldiers die on the front line every day. Across the world, tens of thousands are starving every day. Many face long-term illnesses, physical illnesses. Others suffer such mental pain and distress that some take their own lives by suicide. It's right to weep, isn't it, as we see the pain around us. But John is told to weep no more because there will be an end to the sadness for God's people. Weep no more, he's told. Behold, the Lion of Judah has conquered He's conquered the grave, and by his death, he's purchased people, ransomed people from every tribe and language and nation, all who turn to Jesus, ransomed by his blood. Weep no more, because the lion is also a lamb. He used his power to serve us. And so Jesus can open the scroll. He can put God's final plan into effect to bless his people, and to punish evil, as we'll see in the coming chapters of Revelation. But what about as we wait? Well, there may well be tears. John was told not to weep because the source of his suffering was over. There was one found. That was what he was weeping about. But our source of suffering may still be near to us. And it's okay to cry as we wait. But through the tear-stained eyes, can you behold the power of the Lion of Judah, the one who's in control, who has conquered the grave. And can you behold the love of the Lamb of God, who loved you and gave himself for you so that you can live, so that the story is not over, that there is another chapter, a chapter of eternal blessing with Almighty God for all those who've opened the door to Jesus Christ. And will you join in this song, singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and glory and honour and blessing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you are worthy.
And we pray that not only today, but all of our lives, we would give you the praise that is due to you. Thank you that you are the powerful Lion of Judah. You have conquered. Thank you that you're the Lamb who was slain and is standing again. That through your blood, you purchased us. Please may we see how precious we are to you. And please help us, even if we're weeping at the moment through various trials, to know that there will come an end to the weeping. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we're going to either, either sing or listen to a, a new song. It's one we sang during lockdown that's based on these verses from Revelation chapter 5 called, Is He Worthy? And you'll see it reflects that truth of him being the Lion of Judah and the Lamb who was slain. And it's, it's written as a, as a liturgy, a, a response, a question, answer. And uh, feel free to join in or just to listen. I'm going to play it over the, the speaker so that we can get to know it. And then hopefully next week we'll sing it uh, our, ourselves. But feel free to join in just where you're seated or just to use it to reflect on what we've heard uh, today. Does the spirit move among us? He 
worthy it's by Andrew Peterson if you want to listen to it yourself in your own time you can find it on on YouTube is he worthy Andrew Peterson uh, a great song reminding us of God's love and this lion of Judah the lamb who was slain let's close with a prayer we thank you Lord Jesus Christ that you are the lion of Judah the lamb who was slain you are worthy of all of our praise and we give it to you today And we pray that all of our lives we would give you the praise that is due to you and you'd help us to look forward to this day of no more weeping. Let's close with the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Well, let me just join you again to give you the announcements. Uh, This week we've got our Bible study on Wednesday at 8.30 and our In Touch meeting on Thursday at 3.30 until 5 p.m. Hopefully see you soon. God bless. Bye-bye.